The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Season with Peter Schrager. I am Peter Schrager. I'm joined by my uh, dear, sad, I guess, producer, Aaron Wong Kaufman. I say sad. He's not always sad. He's actually a light and he's a wonderful joy to work with. But uh, Aaron, the Bills season, it was a miracle run. You're a diehard Bills fan. Uh, we haven't chatted directly since the loss. Your quick takeaways, and I'll take it from here. Yeah, it's sad is a, is a great word for it. Um, you know, it's like we... we we need the perfect season and we always run into this wall of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, it sucks to sit there and like this whole season, Kansas City was not great. They seemed like they were a little weak. It seemed like the magic had finally run out. The receivers weren't working. Kelsey was slowing down and then we just couldn't stop him. Uh, you know, Diggs didn't look like a wide receiver one the past six, seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Um, Bills fans I know are are excited. There's a silver lining with like loving Shakir, loving Dalton Kincaid. But um, yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. It seems like a fitting end for the Bills season. But yeah, it sucks. It's sad. I feel bad for you. And it's it's one of those where it's like, if not now, when? Right. You, had, you had the home field finally. Um, you had this situation where you're coming into this thing and you're the hot team. But then I, I look at it and it's like, still had your chances. Yeah. Yeah. Still, it, had, it, it, Josh was awesome. Um, but I just don't know. Like it, here's the untold story about this. And I think this is not, you know, everyone looks at numbers and stats and salary cap. Players will play where they are paid most handsomely and they don't necessarily look at all the factors that go into living in a place and it, but if it's apples to apples it's hard to get free agents to choose to play in places like green bay and buffalo and detroit as opposed to a jacksonville a miami and atlanta players want to be in warm weather players want to be where they can live year round so you already have that uphill battle. I think they went big on Von Miller, which has not, not been out. the greatest yeah. signing. Yeah, he wasn't himself this year. They're still on the hook for that. Gabe Davis is a free agent. AJ Epinez is a free agent. Micah Hyde's a free agent. Like every year you're, you're going to have, it's, it's not going to be these same guys coming back. So I do think you can feel different this off season as you did other off seasons with the Bills because it does feel like this chapter's kind of closing and now to get all up again about the bills this off season. And Allen has been number one on the NFL 100. He has had the Madden covers. He has had the golf experiences with Rogers and Mahomes and Brady. He's been in that conversation and it's like, all right, well, we lost in the divisional round again. And it's like back to the drawing board. It's tough. It's tough to at least now 48 hours removed, but I would even I I hate being so this is so down to start what should be an exciting championship weekend podcast with this the Bills stuff. Um I, Dan Fouts is a Hall of Fame quarterback, an all-time legend. He never made a Super Bowl. 
Warren Moon is an all-time NFL quarterback who had many playoff appearances. He just never made the playoffs in every Super Bowl. Um, and Philip Rivers, of course, is probably destined to go to the Hall of Fame, and he never went to the Super Bowl. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. I know, you know, it takes a long career and a lot of bumps and bruises before a lot of these guys do get to hoist that Lombardi. And, you know, in the case of John Elway, he waited till he was like 38 or 39, but at least he went to five, you know, he I went think to it's, three. It's tough too with the other three teams that lost this weekend, the Packers and the Texans, they, they're nothing but bright road ahead of yep. them. Like that, those, they were working ahead of time. The Bucks, this was supposed to be kind of a down year. They're getting their cap in order. We were the team that we're going into this offseason. Some, I think it's like 40 plus million over the cap. We were losing a bunch of free agents potentially. Um, so it does, it feels in the context of everyone else that lost, that it, it, you could still be really excited for next year with them. Um, and we'll be excited about the Bills next year. I guess. Too, but. I mean, once football's back and you're, you're there yeah, and you're yeah. watching training camp and Josh is smiling, and I'd like to think so, but. Gosh, uh, Tampa Bay. So I wanted to take some time in the podcast to go through this. Tampa Bay's down eight points. Baker Mayfield gets the ball with a little bit more than a minute left to go. Throws an interception to Derek Barnes. And the Lions have the ball and the Buccaneers have one timeout left. This is a crazy thing that happened over the weekend that is not getting enough dialogue, especially on the national shows and on the national scale, but we're going to tackle it here because if you listen to this podcast, you live and breathe football and game management stuff comes up with every interview with every coach or every GM or every president that we interview. Game management is such a key thing. And I'm still scratching my head as we record this on Tuesday morning. So it's a Sunday afternoon. Let me set the stage. There's like 45 seconds remaining. The Buccaneers have a timeout. It's third and twelve for the Lions and everyone's ready for them just to bleed the clock and take a knee for whatever reason with 19 seconds on the play clock Frank Ragnow and Jared Goff hike the ball and take a knee and now there's a timeout left it's fourth down and 12 and everyone from the Buccaneers sideline is flooding the field to shake hands and Todd Bowles is already at midfield shaking Dan Campbell's hand with 25 seconds left, 24 seconds left, 23, 22. Todd Bowles is out there shaking hands and no one's calling timeout and everyone from the Bucks is shaking the Lions' hands and the clock just bleeds to zero. Now, in real time, I'm freaking the hell out on my couch and I'm screaming, call timeout. And I was so confused and, and beside myself. I just assumed NBC had an all-time production gaffe and had that timeout on the screen on accident and made a mistake because clearly there's no timeouts left. Todd Bowles would never do. So the game ends. Everyone flips over. Okay. Time to watch chiefs bills. And I'm like, what, what, what was that? What was that? I'm trying to find, there's no real information. Somebody asks Bowles about it. Bowles basically says it was a, it, it was a foregone conclusion. We were losing that game and it was over. Like, we didn't want to prolong it. I'm like, what? Uh, wait, wait, you really had a timeout? Then they have a full night to sleep on it. Todd Bowles has a media availability on Monday morning. And they ask him, why didn't you use that final timeout? And I can't imagine this is, this is the response that Bowles had. 
um, in that he didn't want to give... Well, I just listen to this. It's not a gentleman's agreement. They were in field goal range. Uh, we'd have had 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would have been down 11 points. It's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game was over, and the game was over. Well, who cares if they likely weren't going to win? You try everything. That's why you do onside kicks when you're down 21. You do everything you possibly can to give your team a fighting chance to win, and they opted not to. I like Todd Bowles. I, this is not a Todd Bowles-specific qualm. There are so many people at fault here. One, what are Frank Ragnow and Jared Goff doing? Why are they hiking the ball with 19 seconds instead of bleeding that clock all the way? What, lastly, there are so many people in that Tampa organization on the sidelines, in the box, who can say to Bowles, hey, you got a timeout. You got a timeout. Use it. I, I'm going to put my hand up here and say, I never coached. I've never been an offensive lineman who's been having my knees chopped at for 59 minutes of a game. I I've never been a defensive lineman who's had to have the same thing happen to him. I maybe this is something that's just a written unwritten code, but like it's a one score game. Aaron, I know that that the the NFL page turns and people move on. If I'm a Bucks fan this morning, it is it is Tuesday morning. I am still really really disappointed with how that thing ended and that my team played their asses off. Like Baker was awesome and those receivers stepped up and Kate Otten had the game of his life. And I don't know if they win that game. I don't know if they tie that game. It's still have to get the two-pointer. It doesn't matter. Um, the fact that we're shaking hands and conceding the game at at that time, I, it really rubs me wrong. It upsets me. And I I kind of I kind of am left crestfallen just at that everyone in the NFL too, just kind of being like, yeah, well, that's just what you do. And it wasn't, this isn't week 18 and Tampa is already out of the playoffs. And it's just like, you know, let's get our, make sure our guys are healthy. They could have won and gone to the cha- the conference championships. I mean, even whatever the chance, the whatever the percentage chances are, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, just I feel for those Tampa fans. Quick things before we get to our guests. One, Marquez Valdez Scantling. This is a guy I loved when he was in Green Bay. I loved saying his name. He was a guy out of South Florida who was always the big target threat, the big play threat for the Green Bay Packers. He did not have a good. Uh, regular season this year. Now, he won a ring with the Chiefs last year. Great. He had a great playoff game for them last year. This year, did not have a good regular season. Was often the punchline in the punching bag um, amongst football fans for the Chiefs wide receivers room. You know, he dropped the pass against the Eagles and he had some other uh, bad, egregious drops this season. In the moment that mattered, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had two different 30-yard catches in Buffalo. And I could not be happier for that dude and for that story. I I love the redeeming guys who, you know what? Would you trade a bad regular season for, for one epic postseason? Yes, you always would. And I love that Andy supported him and that Patrick went back to him. I use first name basis on these guys because I feel like I've been through the wreckage and through this entire season with them with all of the wide receiver room issues and how Rasheed Rice, the rookie, had to step up and be their number one. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, when Rice was covered and Kelsey was covered twice in man-to-man situations, got open for big plays against the Bills. Huge catches for him. That's what champions are made of, which leads to my other quote. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich 
used it and I, I I love my NBA and Aaron, you know, I would almost rather host an NBA show sometimes in NFL, um, how much I'm involved with it. And, you know, Bill Simmons and I talked about the Orlando magic to start off uh, Friday's podcast I did with him. Rudy Tomjanovich won a title with the 94 Rockets. They struggled out of the gates in 95. They make a trade. They bring in Clyde Drexler. They're the sixth seed. They're the sixth seed in the playoffs. They have to go and win nine different road games on this playoffs run. They end up defeating the Orlando Magic in the NBA Finals. And in his press uh, availability, he would be a lot more emotional about it. But in the heat of the moment, when they hand them the Larry O'Brien trophy... Rudy Tomjanovich lists what his team did. Six seed, nine road victories, the whole thing. And he says, don't ever, don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Uh, that's what these Kansas City Chiefs are. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. All those guys stepped up. Kelsey was awesome. All the all the qualms, all the worries, everything we had about the Chiefs going into this game. Uh, they, they did their job and those backups who had to play and do big things on defense, did those big things on defense. And now they head to Baltimore, uh, where they're underdogs yet again. And gosh, can we just set the scene on this Baltimore, uh, atmosphere? So you've got an awesome home field, M&T bank, which is hosting its first AFC championship game ever. This is the first AFC championship game being played in the city of Baltimore since 1971. And Aaron, I got to call it like I'm really conflicted here. All right. My wife, Erica, is from Baltimore. And she's not just one of these, you know, oh, I'm from Baltimore and that's great. Her father, David, her mother, Sarah, her brother, Brian, are diehard Baltimore sports fans. I'm talking season ticket holders for the Baltimore Orioles season ticket holders for the Baltimore Ravens. And well, you might say, oh, that's nice. That's that. No, these aren't, this isn't because they're ballers or anything. This is because they put their, <laughs> they put their funds to those two teams and to Maryland sports. I'm talking university of Maryland Terrapins too. Like they are hardcore. My father-in-law has been to every Baltimore Super Bowl ever. That includes wow. Super Bowl Super Bowl three. He went to Colts versus Jets and was there in person as a kid watching Joe Namath uh, beat beat Don Shula and the Colts in that Super Bowl. And of course, they've seen the Ravens now win in two thousand in Tampa over the Giants and twenty thirteen over the Forty ers in New Orleans. Um, of course, they're going to be at the game on Sunday. However. I have a streak going where I have picked the correct Super Bowl champion the last several seasons. I have a Super Bowl prediction that we can timestamp. And you know what? Let's play the clip. Let's give my Super Bowl prediction right here from right before week one in September, who I picked. My winners from the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. I think they play a punishing brand of football that is with Nick Bosa or without. I think their defense always sets the standard. And as much as I love D'Amico Ryans, I don't think they miss that much of a beat without him. They keep on going. They've got young talent at every position there. And then on offense, Kyle Shanahan is a mad genius. I think he finally has a quarterback that can operate his offense that he believes he can put in trust and really get them over the hump. He's a former Mr. Irrelevant, and that is okay. I've got McCaffrey as my MVP. I think Debo has a big year. I think Ayuk has a big year. I think Trent Williams might be going out on a swan song here in his last couple of seasons, but I think he's still the best tackle in the league. 
I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers as my team out of the NFC. As for the AFC, really, really struggled with this. Yeah, I can't pick against the Chiefs. I don't care if Chris Jones is there. I don't care if Tyreek Hill's not there. I don't care if any of those guys aren't there. I I can't pick against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been the standard, and last year was a great lesson. I stuck with them. I picked them to win the Super Bowl despite losing Tyreek Hill. I think I might have been on an island on that, and that sounds wild considering how much success they have. I will not pick against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey until I am forced to, and I am not forced to pick against them. They are still at the peak of their game. I had a chance to spend time with them this offseason at that big, slick charity classic, and I was hanging with them, and I I swear to God, I left that thing being like, those guys are great. And then I talked to some people around the league, and I'm like, I don't know. They seem like they're having a little too good of a time this offseason with the golf and this, and they're at concerts, and it's like Mahomes and Kelsey are everywhere, and the podcast... And you want to start turning away. And then you're like, holy crap, they're just so good. I'm going with the Chiefs. I don't know how they get there. I don't know if it's through a one seed and they got they host all these games at Arrowhead. I don't know if they've got to go on the road. But like I said, just if it's one of those deals. My eyes will not deceive me. And if there's a fourth quarter and Patrick Mahomes needs to get it done in a big spot, he has gotten it done every single time. I'm going with Kansas City. Now, this was a Super Bowl a few years back in Miami. We go from one party city to the next. We go to Vegas. 49ers versus Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas on CBS. Drum roll, please, Aaron. The Kansas City Chiefs will be your first back-to-back Super Bowl champion winners since the New England Patriots did it in 2003 and 2004. I am going with the Chiefs. I love what they are all about. I love that people are doubting them. And I love the fact that Mahomes and Kelsey are ready to go. And so then last week, I go on Bill Simmons' podcast and I'm coming in there full of gusto. And that thing is a monster. It's got millions of listeners and the Bills are underdogs. And I say, pick the Chiefs outright, Bill. Pick the Chiefs outright. And then I go on Good Morning Football on Friday and I give this amazingly emotional soliloquy slash monologue about how the city of Kansas City has adopted me in so many ways and has brought me in and has made me feel like one of them. And I do the charity event, Big Slick, with them. And gosh, I'm not from Kansas City, but this Chiefs ride has been incredible. And I'm going to dance with the guys who took me to the dance and I'm going to ride with the chiefs all the way through and through, no matter who the opponent is and they win. And I, I get no personal joy out of that. I, I, I think it's cool when my picks are right, but I, I really believe it. I really believe that they are still champions. And until you beat the champion, I can't pick against the champion. So now it comes to a head. Chiefs personally have a lot of, a lot of ties to that team right now. My chips are on the table. I have, put my name on it. I believe that they are going to be the Super Bowl champions this year. I still believe in them. Mahomes has been great for my career because I was early in on him and he's been super nice to me. And long before Kelsey was with Taylor Swift or long before Kelsey was this international superstar, Kelsey was a, was a guy that I would talk to often. And I, I really like what Kelsey's up to. And of course, Andy Reid is so special. I believe the Chiefs will win on Sunday. However, I'm going to this game as a fan. NFL Network's not sending me. Fox isn't sending me. I am going with my wife and my son, and we are going to sit with my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, and my brother-in-law, who are probably going to be wearing Jonathan Ogden jerseys and 
uh, a Chris McAllister jerseys and you name it, the hideous old Ravens logo with that gross yellow. Like they still rock that stuff. They rock the camo pants, the whole thing. And I've got to make a pick on good morning football, like publicly. And then I've got to walk into that building as like a trader of some sort and sit amongst the fans. So I am telling you right now, Aaron, I feel really torn personally, but also like, I got to live with that. A, if the chiefs win, like the, 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 the looking at an empty a stadium and my son crying tears. Cause he's, he's a Ravens fan, just like his mom and just like his grandfather. Uh, and then B, if the Ravens win, like I might get thrown at me there because they look at me as like some sort of Chiefs fan because I'm on television talking about the Chiefs, how they're going to beat the Ravens. Your thoughts? Well, I love whenever I look into the stands and I see groups of people there together and they're in mixed jerseys. So someone is there rooting for the Chiefs and someone's there rooting for the Ravens and they're next to each other. They're talking to each other like throughout the game. That's beautiful. I love like, you know, I hate whenever it's some story about like, fans got into a fight and we're throwing drinks at each other. But if they're like, you know, there as friends and family, that's great. Um, I think you'll have a little bit of buffer because you'll be around a lot of Ravens fans. Oh my God. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, this is the first time they're going to the conference championship that's not going to be in Kansas City. Uh, I'm not wearing, I'm not going to wear You're not going to wear it. Yeah. Oh, Chief stuff. No, I wouldn't wear Chief stuff anyway, but I'm not going to wear any NFL, NFL or anything stuff. So yeah. I'll see if I could just blend in. Just get, an, Oriole, if, get an Orioles jersey and wear Orioles that. Jersey. Yeah. If the you'll, Ravens you'll... <laughs> win, I'll be elated. Like, yeah. my family's going to be excited. Lamar is an amazing story. This is very, very specific to me when you've got family that, that loves the Ravens, but I've kind of put my eggs in the Chiefs basket. Who do I think will truly win? I, I honestly think the Chiefs win, like, 23-20 and it's one of these awesome games and I cannot wait. I'll be there taking the, the train down Sunday morning and of course I'll be on Good Morning Football Monday morning so I'll take the train back late Sunday night. Mm. Um, here's here's a quick spattering before we get into our guests uh, of what I think. I think we're going to get Taylor Swift. Right? So I'm writing Taylor Swift's name down. I would imagine, I haven't spoken to him I would imagine our podcast buddy, Paul Rudd, is in the house because that's a train ride or a drive away. Um, I think you're going to get Jason Kelsey with Taylor Swift, writing that down. I think Josh Charles, you know Josh Charles' work? Great actor, but a diehard Ravens fan. You know him from The Good Wife and from Dead Poet Society. He is the most hardcore uh, Ravens fan that I know up here in New York. He'll, he'll be in the house. I wonder if Stone Street, Riggle, ooh, Heidi Gardner, Mm. Um, Saturday Night Live, diehard Chiefs fan. They have SNL uh, on Saturday night, I believe. I'm sure she could make it down Sunday. So I think you're going to get a really cool scene. And then, of course, the images of those Ravens fans. By the way, I, I've been to a million Ravens games. Why are they all dressed in costume? All those Ravens fans, they dressed in like in like robes and, and they wear like like browns and they're like dressed as like birds. Uh, I love Ravens fans, and that makes a great segue to our guest today. I'm not sure how this is going to go. Um, our guest is one of the funniest people alive. He is a sensation on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, and also on Netflix. Uh, his comedy special is called The Fat Rascal. He is a Baltimore native, and his character Ronnie has taken over Baltimore social media pages and has even been a guest 
of the Ravens uh, because of just how damn funny he is. I, I have no idea where this goes. It could go off the rails. He is a hilarious comedian. I love his podcast. With no further further ado, our guest uh, after the break is Stavros Halkias. All right, I'm so excited for for our guests today. Uh, they're fans that like are celebrity fans, and they wear a hat and they go to a game, and it's like, yeah, no, I, I definitely love the team. I definitely, I love the team. Yeah, no, totally, I could talk your team, and then you ask him a little bit about the team, and you realize quickly that said fan is not really a fan. He's just from that area. Then there are guys like Stavi Baby. This is uh, Stavros Halkias. He is on the podcast. And before I even get into it, I have to tell the listeners here who listen to this, and usually I've got an NFL coach or an NFL general manager. Right. (laughs) This is is like like one of my dream guests because I listen to you. I I, I go back to your previous podcast, which you won't name the name of it because, you know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> should not be, Can't named. be named but even like Our pandemic sponsors <laughs> but even pandemic won't allow it you and sam Marill had the basketball podcast and i would listen yes. to that podcast but now stavi baby is one of the most popular comedy podcasts in the land stavros halkius is a baltimore native through and through a greek american first generation stavi that's right i'm the first one of my family born here yep okay so greek american who has the pulse of the Ravens fan base and has now found a whole new like whole new market and whole new fan base with a character he does at the games known as Ronnie. Uh, Stavi, where do you want to start? Right. This, is, this is an incredible run that the Ravens are on and you yeah. are heart and soul of this thing from the fan perspective. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me on, by the way. I'm a fan as well. I love your stuff. Um, and it's crazy to be on an actual, like the Ravens. So I started doing a character. I, I grew up in Baltimore. Uh, I remember when we got the team, I remember, you know, I was a football fan before the Ravens existed. Like I remember, you know, rooting for, uh, just watching the play. Like I, I was weirdly a Viking fan cause, okay. uh, Randy Moss was so good when I was, I was like, you know, like I was young, I was like eight or nine. I don't yeah. exactly remember what it was. And he was so good. So I made the, the purple transition came real nice. <laughs> but I remember like, I remember like, like that I go back to before the team existed, I go back to being mad watching football on Thanksgiving at our family friend's house, because I come from a very Greek family where my parents do not understand football. My it's all about soccer. We played soccer. Well, I played high school football and my mom would come to my games and she would like cheer at all the wrong times. You know, like I, <laughs> I was a nose tackle, but I also kicked off because I played soccer. Um, and so, uh, she would just cheer at the kickoffs thinking I scored a goal. You know what I mean? Like she, that's what she understood. So, there was no football happening in my immediate family, but we had family friends we'd go to on Thanksgiving. And that was my like introduction, those Thanksgiving games. And I remember being mad. I was like, well, why don't we have a team? And it was like pretty quickly after that, I was, you know, I was there. I remember you go into a punt pass and kick contest. We had Testa Verde out there. We had Stover (laughs) out there. I like, I, I have been a fan of the Ravens since it has come to Baltimore. And so I just started messing around one day where I was just like, we've had, and Lamar got me back in, right? Like I was kind of, I love the Flacco run. Obviously that was the best, but it was like, we had a weird little lull there. You know what I mean? And it was like, and I was also starting to actually be an adult with responsibilities. Yeah. You couldn't just live and die football. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I couldn't just get, you know, 
up with my friends and just watch <laughs> games and just gamble, you know, with a bookie. And just that was my whole life. I was like, oh, I should. I was starting to travel for stand up. And weirdly, Sundays are travel days, you know. And I was like, and also, <clears throat> you know, uh, just I was just kind of losing my, you know, I was just kind of lose. I was like, that was cool. I was a diehard for as a fan, as a kid. And the teams were great. I enjoyed some great stuff. But I was like, maybe it's time for me to kind of like become a much more casual fan. And I remember draft day, Lamar, I was like, wait, this guy's not going to fall. There's no way we're getting, I was literally had it on in the background as I'm just, you know, doing chores or something. And <laughs> he keeps falling and I'm like, oh, great. I remember being like, great. The Patriots yeah, are going to get was. this guy and, and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to go right from Brady to the next. Like, I always thought, I never bought into, you know, the whole, the, he's not going to be good. I thought the guy was awesome. And when we drafted Lamar, I was like, I'm, this is 15 years I'm in. Like, yeah. I just, in, Sign in me moment, up. I knew. Yeah. I was like, so, so I just re became a diehard fan and I just started doing these dumb videos when we had a couple, you know, a couple, cause starting from that, the MVP run, it was such a magical year, like watching Lamar really become his himself that first time. And then losing to the Titans was so brutal that, you know, that first playoff run that they had. And so that it kind of, but from then until now, we've had a lot of these weird seasons that you can tell there's talent on the team. And we had the whole contract dispute. We had the whole everything. And so it was like, I was doing a lot of just, I was frustrated as a fan. <laughs> and so I just channeled all that into like a Baltimore townie character named Ronnie from, you know, I don't want to get into too much specifics of the, of how well, each, well, the let's, let's paint, let's paint where Ronnie's from and what Ronnie's life is, yes, because I think it yes, is fair yes. that you could say there are different types of Ravens fans and they come from all sure. walks of life and all different, yes, yes, definitely. all different cultural backgrounds, but Ronnie's a absolutely, very, absolutely. Ronnie's a very specific one that I have met. And yes. we get tweets yes. from, and they have their thoughts on whether it's yep. Jimmy's seafood or their place that's in their suburb. Like <laughs> right, they, right, they've got right, takes. Right, right. Who, what is Ronnie? Crab cakes. Yes. Yes. No, Ronnie is like, I grew up in Greektown, which is Southeast Baltimore. And it kind of borders the, the, there's like a suburb, technically a suburb that is worse somehow than Baltimore city. Like it's <laughs> like people, it's like, it's like just become, it was, I say, I say in my act, it's like, it was like white flight happened and they instead of it's like people that were like oh we have to get away from these urban centers too many black people moving in and then they just pick made a city than the city they fled and that's and ronnie is descended from that where it's like just these kind of like dumb he's just like a dumbass that had you know that just lived his family left baltimore a couple generations ago they live in a trash suburb they're just like, you know, uh, like small time criminals. You know, <laughs> my weed, deal, the guy I bought weed from was like, you know, growing up was, was a Ronnie style guy. You know, they're just like, you know, just white, just a nice, our nice type of white trash <laughs> that everybody has their own special kind of townie. And we have like vintage and it is like what's nice about it. It's a cousin of the mid, all the mid-Atlantic trash is kind of connected. So it's like. <laughs> Pittsburgh, even the Pittsburgh kind of Yinzer accent is sort of, that's an offshoot. Philly definitely has, that's definitely, Philly's probably the closest. Yeah, you know, the Delco, that, the, yeah. The Delco, the, the very hard O's, you know. I do a bit about it on my first YouTube special, um, uh, on my first special on YouTube where, where I just kind of like 
you know, they're just guys that have way too much confidence for no reason, have never achieved anything <laughs> in life. Uh, don't, uh, don't realize they're being racist, but like, you know, like that, the character was always the, the, the Ronnie love. And listen, I love Joe Flacco, but Ronnie like loves Joe Flacco in a way that's like, he thinks modern, he thinks the Ravens last season when Lamar was injured should have offered, uh, you know, the, I believe he was on the jets. He should have yeah. offered the jets, uh, Lamar and two firsts for Flack for current day Flacco. You and know, it like, works so perfect like, with, with Ronnie yeah. because the last name. It's just, it's, it's perfect for the accent. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, that was meant to be. And shout out to Joe. He is that run. I mean, I love, you know, when we drafted Joe, I remember that too, because, you know, Baltimore was a quarterback wilderness. I mean, we went from like, we, we went with Dilfer. We had Tony Banks. We went, we, you know, we went with Dilfer. And then I remember everyone saying like, Gerback's going to be the savior. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, like yeah. I remember that. That was our big free agent splash. He f-ing sucked as soon as we got him. He completely went in the tank. And then, and then there's Bowler where we were like, oh, this guy. And it was always like this thing of, you know, Brian Billick was supposed because again, offensive Vikings mastermind, Vikings, yeah, offensive genius. And it's like, okay, he had a defensive team. Now he drafts his guy. He's going to put his system in. And it was Kyle Bowler, which no, you know, Kyle Bowler got a second contract somehow. Salute to him. He figured it out. He yeah. was dog. Shit. You know, he was not good. We had Chris Redman as a starting quarterback. Like it was like we just went through it. And then <clears throat> when Joe gets drafted, it's like, all right, this guy looks good. And it's like, but he fu- he's from Delaware. <laughs> it's like we gotta get. It's like it's like it's like he's just. That's where we go to the beach. He's like he's what he went to Rehoboth Beach University. <laughs> what is this? And then. He's- and then you see that secrets in ocean city. Yeah. 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 University of secrets. Uh, but then I saw, I saw one of those beautiful spirals and I was like, I'm all in. He was perfect. We were so good for so long with him. Um, and, and I love, I definitely, I definitely know I just want to be on the record. No disrespect to Joe, one of my favorite players, but those guys really, you know, they latch onto him. Ronnie's favorite players are all, you know, Todd heap, Tony Siragusa. There's a pattern. The Dennis, there's a pattern, you know, um, uh, but I, so I'm doing these dumb videos when just to like, just to get some steam out, just to like, you know, make fun of these guys, but also there it's a, it's a safe space for me to get all my dumbest fan takes out. You know what I mean? Like there's a part of me that, you know, just believes all a little bit of it and they just kind of kept. I was just doing them for fun. And, you know, it's not like my audience, my stand-up audience is like a big sports. Yeah. I'm a big sports fan, but, you know, like I did the bat. If anything, if I had any fans, it was like basketball fans because I used to work for MSG. Me and my Sam Morell, we did a we did a, a show for the MSG network. I was a writer for it. Uh, then me and Sam did our own basketball podcast for years. And I was just a really big hoops junkie. But these videos were really just for me. It's not even like my fan base liked them. In fact, yeah. some people were mad that I was doing well, sports I mean, stuff. Y- then, your podcast is all life advice stuff. And like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. great with it. Yeah. And then you have this whole other character, Ronnie, that I think is like, has a whole other life with a whole other different fan base. And it was really just for me. Like, that's the thing. It's like, there was no strategy of like, like in hindsight, it was, if you're going to be cynical, you're like, well, football is the most, the most popular sport you need to. It's like, it's almost like somebody in a boardroom was like, Hey, you really got to hit this quadrant. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, then, like and an then agent, I think I just, yeah, like drew it up on a exactly, whiteboard. But that yeah. was, that was not it at all. I just, I just loved 
I was doing it really for me in a way where it's like, I could have even not posted these videos and just done it as catharsis. And then I started putting them out and, uh, you know, they were doing pretty well. And I think when I was promoting my special, I went on every platform possible, my first special. And so part of that was the, you know, the barstool guys, big cat and, uh, PFT. I went on, I went on their show. I love that show. And I think that was kind of, I did the character there. Cause it's like, you got to do it. You know, that's just fun to do. They get it. Yeah. And I think that's when it kind of picked up a little bit. And then it just coincided with this magical rate season, season. Yeah. where it was like, you know, it's been, a, it's been a crazy lucky year for me. And it, I think it all kind of like, and I don't want to, nobody clip this if it goes bad, but my, my 35th birthday is February 11th. I'm Damn. just saying. I'm Damn. just saying it feels, you know, it's starting to, things are starting to swirl, starting to feel really good. I, and look, Lamar's, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hopped up. I just woke up. I'm, I'm pumped no, to just be good. talking Ravens when we're yeah. so good. In um, late January, talking Ravens. In late nice. January, where Lamar, and Lamar proved every, every hating piece true. of shit wrong. It's true. With that. I mean, that second half. Me and my brother, I take my I take my brother Nick to these games. Is he the he's trainer? Is he your personal trainer? He's the trainer. He's yep. the trainer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't think he wants that publicized right now. I think he <laughs> wants to maybe get me in the gym a couple of months before he starts <laughs> taking ownership of it. But uh, yeah, we did a training series, and I've only gotten fatter since then. I don't yep. know how it's helping his business, okay. but <laughs> but I'm there with my brother, and that first half was it's an amazing experience. You know, the Ravens let me somehow these dumb videos the ravens were like yeah come do i couldn't curse on the official ones but it's like they still let me do i still you know i get to write these things i get to still be a criminal that the ravens let into their thing and so they gave us great seats we're sitting there watching the whole game and that first half was like that, that kickback was like damn this is how a worse team beats a good team they hang around and it was every and that first half felt a little bit about what everybody was criticizing Lamar for, where it was like this season, I think what really separated him was he just proved the thing. I think everybody who believed in him thought it was just like, no, this, that he can pass as well mm -hmm. as he can run. That's what makes him super elite. And I think in the first half, maybe you could argue he went a little too like, you know, abandoned his reads and just ran whenever, whenever things were getting a little dicey. And then that second, and I'm sitting there with my brother and I'm like, dude, the vibes are a little right now that's what yep. i said going into the second half but i i didn't i was like we're not panicking yet here's what needs to happen he's got to come out we get the ball step on their throats prove who he is and you say like your best case scenario you say it out loud and you think it's not going to go that good but yeah. at least let's get, get and it went even better now it went even better than i possibly could have expected and i was like that's it that's the guy it all snapped into focus and i think that first half was good because I also think it's kind of us exercising a little bit of our totally early, playoffs. You know, we had a couple weird, we had a couple weird losses too. I mean, this team could have had like one loss if you really. No, think the Colts about it, game in like, the rain was weird. The Colts, the Browns the game Steelers, was weird. The Browns game was weird. The the first Steelers, like you know, whatever. The last Steelers game we didn't have anything to play for. Yeah. It was raining. Who gives a shit? But that first Steelers game we should have won for sure. And so it just felt good. It felt like we're really. Really, it's good to muck it up a little bit. Sometimes coming out of the bye can be weird. Teams can feel flat. And it really felt like we did that. And I am pumped to be playing the Chiefs. I'm pumped to like to get Lamar. Like Lamar versus Mahomes is what you want. You want him to go out awesome. there and prove it because I've you know, I've always thought he's just good. 
I really truly believe that. I mean, Mahomes is the man, of course, and he's he's got the Super Bowls. But when Lamar puts his shit together, and let's not forget, this is you know, Lamar was kind of thrust into a weird situation. Whereas mm-hmm. like Mahomes got to kind of slowly come along, had a better had better weapons right away. You know what I mean? I mean, Lamar, who the fuck was Lamar throwing to until this year? Crabtree, I mean, it's crazy. yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. and and, the, and it's like so. It's. I feel like Lamar is finally at a place where he has the team that matches his talent, and I'm happy. And it's almost like, you know, the coward's way is not having to face, you know, totally. the, the guy the who's his, his yeah. generation's, you know, top. But I don't want the coward's way. Let's go earn it. Let's let's go beat these motherfuckers and then go to the Super Bowl. And you know, whoever, whether it's, I think both those teams. I hopefully like. You know, I'm not even in if it's not us, it's someone else category yeah. because I can't even think that way. But like, good for the Lions if they're there. The totally. Niners, you know, those are both good teams that are are very worthy Super Bowl opponents. So who you guys that's beat what by? I want, man. I who just, you guys beat by thirty points? Both of them. Yeah, already. And we both those teams up, which you yeah. know, that's a good sign. It's not. It's not that you know. You never, especially a guy like Shanahan. You never want to like. It's Give almost like weeks. exactly. Give him two weeks and. You know, he finally won his first game trailing in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you don't want you don't want him to get him hot, but still I listen, I'm feeling great. I listen I to, to you talk football. It's like you know your shit. I listen to Dan Soder talk about either his boy McDaniel oh, yeah. with the Dolphins or his Niners. And it's like you guys know know your stuff. Who are the comedians? And I know your crew is like Norman and Soder yeah, yeah. and Joe Listen, those guys. Who are the ones who are like football fans, not just, oh, there's a football game on, I'll hang with the boys. Yeah, I mean, List definitely. List is a huge he's who, sports Patriots. Fan. Who is he? Who is he? Rolling? Patriots, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he knows. I mean, he's a. He likes like he'll just go to a college. He'll be on an off, and he'll go to like a college basketball game of two unranked teams. Yeah. He just loves the like. He loves sports in like a traditional American way. Like in a, he loves it as part of the culture. And obviously, he's been very lucky to have the Patriots be so good for so long. Um, you know, so you said it, Soder. He's literally boys with. Uh, McDaniel's like, but he's been a, 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 he's been a football fan his whole life. It's super important to him. Sam is definitely more of a, uh, you know, Sam's definitely more of a, um, hoops guy, but hoops, he knows everything about. Um, and then, you know, Bill Burr is kind of like the, I don't know Burr personally, uh, we've barely met, but it's like, he's kind of like the, the super fan. I mean, that mother loves sports so much. And so it's like guys that run with him all, you know, Paul Burr's who I'm going to have on my podcast soon. He's a big sports guy. I mean, you have that's what's interesting is like a lot of a lot of comics and obviously Shane Gillis. I mean, Shane is a huge played. You Shane know, Shane was talking about his, he was he was being interviewed by like I think Theo Vaughn last week and he's talking about how Gabe Davis of the Bills is one of his best friends. I'm like, what is this crossover? I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there Gabe Davis does like does uh touchdown celebrations of like fat little Brazilians that like Shane has little videos Shane has seen, like he does Shane has choreographed <laughs> touchdown celebration. I'm trying to get to that. I'm trying to get to that level of touchdown celebrations. Um, but you know, but yeah, Shane is a huge football fan for sure. But yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of people love it. You know, it, it matters a lot to people. And then, you know, a lot of sports, a lot of comics are fans of other sports too. Basketball fighting mm-hmm. is huge, obviously. Um, but yeah, those are, I mean, those are, Especially my circle, those are the guys. Soda for sure. So, Soda and Shane, I would say, for sure. When 
when you really blew up from my eyes from like a national standpoint or got more mainstream was when you had the YouTube special. I think it was post pandemic. And it was like, I, when yep. that hits and all of a sudden you're looking at it and there's 20 million views on YouTube, like your life changes overnight, right? Yeah. It was really weird because you think, you think like you start doing comedy and you're like, I'll get on an HBO or I'll get on comedy central or I'll get on a TV show. And that's when people will know who, you know, that's when like, that's where I'll get a little notoriety and maybe people know who I am. And really what happened to me was just posting on the internet is what, like, it was like, and to be honest with you, it was like, it was like before the special, it was my weird little strategy to post crowd work clips that I never thought would be this successful. Explain what crowd work is, because a lot of these are football listeners. Yeah, like crowd right. work, yes, which is of yes, course sorry. controversial right now with a lot of these comedians who strictly do crowd work. Right, and I get that too. I mean, so basically, crowd work is you know there's stand stand up comedy, and crowd work is like any moment that's kind of off the cuff. You're talking to the crowd. Traditionally, it's like you know your act is the jokes you write. They're prepared, and there's a little bit of. There's a little bit of, you know, um, improvisation or if something happens in the room, you address it. And I think for the most, and there were always some comics who their thing was all crowd work, all talking to the crowd, all improvising. And they were really good at it. And they kind of like really worked on it as a skill. And I think for most of us, you would do a little of it. Like the way I approached it was like, I didn't want people to think I was a kind of robot that I was just going to get out there and do my jokes. I always saw crowd work as a way to engage the crowd a little bit, talk to them for the first five minutes or so, maybe make some jokes, really form some, because that's what's special about stand-up is every show is its own thing. Every show is different. And um, every audience, I mean, you'll never, even if you do the same exact jokes, you'll never have that group of people in the same yeah. room under the same conditions ever again. And I really enjoy that because every show is a little different. The energy is a little different. And so I always wanted to kind of ingratiate myself by not just going right into my material, but kind of talking to people. But that was always, you know, I would do it for five minutes out of an hour. And when I was, and I had to uh, self-produce a special because nobody was interested in my hour. Did I you try shopping it? Like you were on the yeah, tour for yeah. years. I mean, you opened for Robbie, Robert Kelly for years. And like you go and you have these meetings with like, Comedy Central and HBO and Netflix and Tubi and whatever else. And they're just like, no, we're not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of that was the pandemic. I think, you know, some of these places were kind of rethinking their strategies. A lot of them were kind of cash strapped. Um, and I think uh, I just didn't have enough. People didn't know me as a stand-up comic. They knew me as a podcaster. Um, and I I don't think I had enough clout to really make it happen. So I a couple of places were sort of interested, but I didn't want to wait around and I just decided I'm going to shoot it myself. I'm going to put, you know, a bunch of money into it. And, but I had no, I had a small YouTube following, but I didn't have a big one. So I figured I'll post old jokes and get people to like, cause people had been, you know, on TikTok, people had been um, engaging with comedy that way. This is like 2021, yeah. I think when this, so I had seen it and Sam, like my buddy Sam had been doing really well. Other comics, Mark Norman had been doing really well doing short form stuff. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's dumb. That's a waste of time, <laughs> fellas. And these guys are in theaters off the strength of that. And so I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure something out. And so I posted old jokes because I was also a purist, right? I was like, yeah. crowd works bullshit. It's, it's all about the jokes. And then I posted all the old jokes I didn't want to do anymore. And that they were gone in like six days. 
Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I guess let's see. And I had been preparing. I'd been trying to get a crowd. I'd been trying to get a Comedy Central half hour for about a year. And I think maybe that would have happened if the pandemic didn't happen. Um, so I recorded every set I did for a, for a year. I was on my I was on my Ed Reed, Reed you know, play watch you know re- watching the game tape back so belichick, I, I watch. belichick I really and brady looking at the ed reed tape. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 this joke we got to get it down to two minutes <laughs> it's running long you know um and so i would i was a nerd and that i would watch a lot of my old film a lot of my old shows to kind of speak jokes and so i just cut up all those random moments of crowd work that i told you before i never thought it would amount to anything i was just doing to ingratiate myself to the crowd and I was like, we'll see if, if anything happens here. And just they started doing so well. I was shocked. And I had about a year's worth of those clips. And I just posted them to try and get people to follow me on YouTube. And it really worked. And yeah, dude, from that moment on, it was like, it was like there was no big moment. There was no big, like, my life has changed moment. There was like one day, I was actually in Vegas. I was shooting a short film. And so a bunch of you know Vegas is such a populated area. Yeah, yeah. walking down, walking Stop down me. Fremont Street. Yeah, and I was getting that, and I was like, "What the hell is going?" And it was like people that, you know, it was like older couples. It was like nice younger women. It was just like not you know my my podcast, which we cannot legally can't say the name of because it has has a, a bodily fluid in the title of it. It was pretty successful, and it helped me like get my start and start touring. But it was it was like very online, very niche. And so I'm not just out in Vegas and it's just like all age groups, all different types of people. And it was like I was like, what the hell is going on here? What happened? And it was just people watch YouTube, it turns out. Who knows? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. And it really it completely changed my career. And I'm so thankful for it. And, you know, a year later, got a Netflix special and hopefully Hopefully, knock on wood, my favorite team's going to the going to the Super Bowl. Thanks for turning up the right way. Yeah, the Fat Rascal is the Netflix special, which I loved. And I texted you. I'm like, it's tremendous. It's great. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Yeah. The Ravens putting their social media team and letting you kind of do your thing. I, I'm amazed by it. Like to be validated that way where your stuff is so blue yeah. usually and so Crazy, dark. Dude. And you're so smart. Yeah. That's the thing. I listen to your podcast and like it's you and it's it's your producer, and you guys have on a guest every week, and then you take calls from listeners but like you're really smart yeah. you're well read and like i could tell that this 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 is fun but you also could probably do anything you wanted and you choose to do this comedy route and then to have the ravens yeah, i don't know about that i appreciate it but i think this bro, is i have these skills <laughs> these, yeah. are, these are the skills if this goes away i'm f-ed. i'll tell you that much <laughs> fair enough you're 35 you're doing all right um, yeah. and i love that you're in astoria queens that's where you live you can I'm live anywhere queens, i love that you're you didn't do the I'm austin texas thing you didn't follow everyone no. and try I love to be on kill tony really do. yeah 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 <laughs> i i love it like austin's cool it's a nice place to visit you know i like that they have a scene there but ultimately i and i thought it to be honest with you, i thought about it yeah and there's a lot of, you know a lot of my friends live down there but i just do love new york i love the east coast i mean i'm an east coast guy really that's what it comes down to i love okay. baltimore i i have a place there still and i'm trying to spend a little more time there um you know my family's all over there still and so i like being on the east coast i just like and new york is the best city it's you the, know, best. the best city i, 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 I mean same here. thing uh you know my co-host yeah, you football. probably should be living in la yeah, I should be. I'm there every weekend yeah. for Fox, but like here in New York, uh, you know, my co-hosts, nothing against them. They got families. They love it. They're in the burbs. They're in Jersey They're in, And I'm like, 
I live in Brooklyn. I love it here. I, I just, yeah, I, I, get, I feed off the energy. And I think, you know, there's also the sense of pride that like, yeah, we stuck around. Like we're here. Yeah, we're no, here through thick and thin. It really, when people talk about New York, it really sounds like someone making an abusive relationship work. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, no, it is hard. It's expensive. And, you know, I don't have an extra room. And the, the get my guest room, you cannot stay with me. Sorry, go to no. hotel. Uh, and yeah, my heat hasn't worked for two months, but hey, greatest city in the world, baby. And But I still, I feel that pride where it's like, yeah, it takes a lot to make it work here. And I'm very, I am happy to be able to kind of found my niche and, you know, because it, First couple of years I was here, man, I was like so depressed. I'm living in a three bedroom with Dude, five people, <laughs> and it was like it was brutal. But we did it. We're in Queens. We're doing well. We got the, we got a, a podcast studio in my spare bedroom. I'm live I'm living the the dream. Um. So the Ravens, they they're like we're gonna bring you in officially as like at Ravens, and you're gonna like represent us. Of course, there's rules and ground rules of what you can say, what you can't say, and all this stuff. But like, how surreal! You're wearing I think it was an Ogden jersey. You're <laughs> You're yeah, there yeah. on the field, yeah. and and I'm like, my wife is from my wife's from my wife's from Baltimore. She's diehard Ravens. Her family's on it. She's like, she's like, yeah, your yeah. your 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 comedian friend is doing stuff for the Ravens social media. I'm like, he's what? <laughs> I know, I know. It is really funny to get the because the Ravens are so cool, and because like they they let me do you know I do stuff on their channel, and obviously I have to I can't be it because the character is ignorant. Uh, sexually explicit, racist, intolerant. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, and so obviously I can't do that stuff. But there is a, there is still a like a humor to him where it's like, yeah, you can do a, a joke, you can do a version of this that doesn't have to be dirty. But to their credit, they're not the stuff. I still do the character on my own, and you could, you know, you could work with a with a brand or like an organization. It's like, hey, while you're doing this stuff for us, can you on your own stuff? Can you like? Not, not be as yeah. dirty and to their credit they're let me do whatever i want they're like hey it's, do whatever you want like that's your thing i just can't do it from like play, like that the only the only thing they ever asked are like hey don't do it when we give you field access because then it looks like we're basically signing we're off on this. it do this do this from a public place <laughs> where it was clear you're doing it of your own volition we're not going to step on your freedom of speech but you know so they're they're the coolest people in the world to work with and Truly, I'm shocked and I feel so lucky to be able to do this. I mean, it is a dream come true where it's and it's like, you know, I've had a good year. Things have been great and I've done some cool stuff. But from a just like, you know, I literally was a little uh, a fat little sixth grader going into going into school the next day on a, with a huge Papa John's hangover, just like <laughs> celebrating that win. I remember that I still remember the day. I'm in my, I'm in, you know, I sent my immigrant mother to buy me a jersey, completely misunderstood, got me a weird mesh practice jersey. I, you know, all the kids, you know, I had no, I wanted a, I wanted a Saragusa, uh, you know, I wanted a, I want, I want, and she, she comes with the, just a weird wrong thing, but I'm in that little weird mesh jersey day after. Like, I remember this, this team has meant so much to me. And so for all the like cool, you know, getting a specials grade, getting to like do some acting stuff is cool. I got to work with great really people I admire so much, but from just like a human being, like your inner child thing, it's like, I'm on the field. I know Ravens. Like I, you know, I'm dapping up Geno Stone. My boy had seven interceptions. As he, you know, he, he almost led the league. Uh, he got robbed, by the way, from the Pro Bowl. 
Uh, that's fucking bullshit. Who got it? The sa- Steeler safety. Yeah, uh, yeah get that motherfucker out of Minka. there. Well, Minka, Minka, Minka. <laughs> the Steelers, Minka. Geno Stone should have been in the in the fucking Pro Bowl. <laughs> you, uh, can, you can bleep it out, but I want that in there. Get it in there. The rest of the show. Yeah, get it in there. That's my one demand. Green M and M. That's my that. one demand. <laughs> Um, um, but two, it's, it's surreal, dude. Yeah. Two things before before we wrap. Uh, you had me this week when you mentioned the term Pulaski Highway. You said that, and I'm like, that is so <laughs> so deep cut. Would you mind doing oh, yeah. a sanitized version of Ronnie, maybe 60 seconds, just to give the listeners, as we've been building it up, just a feel for sure, sure, sure. Uh, Stavi, baby, take it. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. Bring on the Chiefs, Mahomes, overrated. We're going to tell him, yo. We're going to keep, he won't be able to walk after this game. Kelsey, he's a podcaster, yo. That guy ain't a tight end no more. Hands don't work. Overrated. Reed ain't don't, don't know where he is. Is that Andy Reed? Is that Wilford Brimley on the sidelines? I don't know. We're winning the Super Bowl, baby. I put, a, I just opened up a credit card in my son's name. I bet $50,000 on the Ravens winning. We're, let's do this. Let's go, Ravens. Perfect. It's perfect. Oh, that's it. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. and, you didn't even, and you didn't even say the words Jacoby Jones or Joe Flacco. Jacoby. Yeah, I did. I meant Jacoby too. That's another surreal thing. He's, he's just at the thing. It's dude, crazy. Legend. Uh, will you be there this weekend? So I have a I have shows in Dallas. At Saturday, I get my last show Saturday at midnight. I am taking. Here's how much I love I the love Ravens. This. I'm taking a five thirty a.m. flight to get there it's the only direct i could find southwest what are we on what is this dallas to, to baltimore it's southwest bro Damn. that's how much i love the organization i'm waking i'm sleeping for one hour i'm gonna be hopped up but i can't i couldn't miss it i could and, and like with the ravens right here the afc championship the only the first time we've, we've hosted we've always gone through yeah you know we've never been on the, the road. number one seed when we got to the super bowl uh it's special, and that being there last week was so special. I, I'd gone to regular season games, but man, that, I mean, you saw it in the how many how many false starts. I know, and I've seen Patrick Mahomes talk about how he has to use a silent count. It's one of the few places we're not going to make it easy on them. I want to be a part of that. I, I, you know, they, they gave me the opportunity, they invited me. So what am I going to say no to that? I'll no, make it work. I mean, to be honest with you, I was real close from canceling those Dallas shows, but they're already a cancellation. I canceled on them last time, so this is the makeup. And to and to be clear, I canceled last time because I didn't. I shot my special the night before, and I was like, "Do I want to go to Dallas, or do I want to have a barbecue and take the next day?" So <laughs> I canceled on them to just get up with my friends. So I can't really can't do it like, again. Hey, I'm canceling for a football game this time. It's like real disrespect. And Dallas has been through enough, and they will continue to be to be going through enough. They still got McCarthy over there. They're they'll figure they're, it they're, out. They're not they're not winning shit. So they you know they at least need a uh, a couple of chuckles. Pick me up that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing is this Chiefs team comes with a certain celebrity factor to them with Taylor right. and Jason Kelsey and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well received in Baltimore. Taunted. Like, how does that go? Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Um, I don't think they will be well received. I mean, they are so famous where it's like, you know, and you don't want to be, that's the other thing. It's like, ultimately it's still like, it's Taylor Swift. She's a, you know, superstar, you know, billionaire pop star, but ultimately it's like, it's a player's girlfriend and it's kind of a dick move to be 
Yeah, I think so. Loved ones, you know what I mean? You don't want to, like, like, you know, and even the fact that she, you know, it is cool. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know that everybody will be as enlightened as I am, Peter. <laughs> i got to be honest with you, buddy. I don't know that everybody will feel that way. Like, Jay, and I love those. I do, unfortunately, love the Kelsey. I like what they're doing. So it does. And Jason's so, like, that's Jason's the thing. Jason's the like, man. Like, Jason, if, I feel, yeah. If totally. Travis... Travis, you know, pretty boy tight end. Travis is on in the stands and his brother's on the field. But you have the cool salt of the earth dad. You know what I mean? Like he's, a, he's the main. He looked cool in Buffalo. Ed. But at the same time, it's like, uh, at the same time, if he's coming out in those stands, I don't think it'll be as friendly as yeah. it was in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, because yeah. you you, the thing you need to understand with, with guys like Baltimore natives, they think they can fight Jason Kelsey. They're wrong. <laughs> they're obviously will get their split, but they think they can take him. There's a guy who like got kicked off his high school football team for stealing catalytic converters in the parking lot who thinks he would have gone <laughs> all pro if it wasn't for that. And he, he has gout. He hasn't lifted a weight in 10 years. And in his mind, he would fold Jason Kelsey up. So, that's the thing to be worried about is like the unearned Baltimore confidence, you know, <laughs> when you have somebody showing you up like that, but it sucks to, you know, I don't like being, I don't like having to uh, be aimed against. I don't like that being my fan enemy is Jason Kelsey because he's got, he's, that's a powerful brother, you yeah. know, older brother energy. You know, he's away. He's also, look, let's be honest. He's away from the kids. He's away from, yeah, you know, he's that, having that a time. Team, that team that fell apart that fell apart towards the end he's probably just getting up enjoying seeing his brother like you understand and who knows what what celebrities will be in that box they had a they had a hilarious lineup last time but i, I don't yeah. know if everybody's making the trip i mean they made the trip to buffalo i don't know if no. they'll make the trip to baltimore that'll be interesting I'll be there also. I'm going to look for you pregame. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll see you. What's, up, dude. what's the jersey? Are you going with Ogden again? Or have you had any luck finding any <laughs> any other? I mean, Michael McCrary would be pretty badass. I thought McCrary. I love McCrary. I am I am literally in communication with uh, Tony Saragusa's children to try and get a Saragusa jersey. Hell yeah. That'd they're be an awesome hard, tribute. They're harder, they're harder to find than you think. What Tony um, were in 99? Was he 99? Is that what he was? 98. 98. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so if it's a, it's I've been kind of going with the old school rave like I did Ed Reed the last time. If it's not if it's not Goose, pro, I might go Ed Reed. Ed Reed's my favorite Raven of all time, obviously. Uh, but also, also karmically, maybe it's time to get the Lamar jersey out. Support mm. my guy as he's. Mm. This is a big one for him. I mean, this is yeah. Know, let's let's take let's take Mahomes down. So I have a lot of. I have a lot of. I might save Syracuse for this. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 and when I might keep the powder dry because Goose. You know, it would be a great tribute, great Raven, one of my favorite. Obviously, when you're when you're a chubby little Greek guy and you see a chubby Italian that's just. And I play. I ended up playing nose tackle too when I played so in high school. Like, so I love I love Goose. So you know. Uh, either way, though, we've got I've got a lot of decisions to make, dude. I got a lot of decisions to make here. My last one for you, and then we're gonna let you go because you've given us way too much yeah, time, yeah. and I so appreciate it. No worries, it. dude. You know, it's Vegas. It's it's glitz. It's glamour. It's this whole thing. There's a legit chance that it's the cities of Baltimore and Detroit in the first Las Vegas Super Bowl. <laughs> How amazing! <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. A lot of a lot of grandma's social security checks are going to be put on the roulette wheel. 
that weekend. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there's going to be a lot, a lot of, a lot of money that cannot be afforded to be gambled will be gambled that weekend. I'll tell you that much. That's awesome. Uh, Stavi awesome. baby, your podcast is called Stavi's World. Um, S T A A V Y. Stavi's World. S T A V V Y. V V Y. Sorry, I botched it. Yep. Sorry. No um, worries. You've played the Beacon Theater. You've played a bunch of big places. Where Where can we see you the next few weeks if we want to see your stand up? Next few weeks, I'm ending the tour. These are the makeup dates. Uh, so I have Dallas at the Majestic Theater. If you want to see me the night before, I fly back to Baltimore to see the to uh, watch the AFC Championship game. I'm there that Saturday. And then the next weekend, I'm making up actually Detroit. So hopefully Detroit, hopefully you're in the Super Bowl and you're nice. celebrating. But come and, come and celebrate by coming to see me. I'm in Detroit. I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I had to make up those dates too. And then uh, – we're done for a little while. Just watch. I have two specials out there. YouTube special. It's out there for free. You can get that right now called Live at the Lodge Room. And then if you have Netflix, uh, the special I just put out um, a couple months ago, or last month, I guess, was uh, Fat Rascal. So you can, you can watch me on the internet if I'm not coming to your town anytime soon. And I put so out good. a bunch of stuff online, too. It's amazing online. Yeah, uh, good luck this weekend, dude. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Aaron, Stavi, baby, the the pride of Baltimore. What'd you think? You know, I'm thinking about like Baltimore and, and Lamar having to be on top of his game and like see pressure and scramble if if the pressure's coming in. Uh, that was me keeping track of every single time he cursed on air that I need to make sure we bleep out. That was, he was great. I mean, he's, I've seen his videos from when he would record him in his car doing Raven stuff. Like, fu- it's so great. I, I love him. And, um, I also didn't know I re- I needed the like celeb fan fight between Jason right? Kelsey and Stavi. And that's awesome. I bet you Kelsey knows who Stavi is. He's that popular online. Like I bet you like it's not the yeah. first time he's yeah. seen him. And if he especially lives online, which I think the Kelsey's do with their podcasts and with their YouTube content, like I feel like they've probably seen some of his work. But I actually, you know, I I hit it a little bit like. I listen to a lot of these comedy podcasts and he's one of them because when I'm not doing football, I just like to zone out and laugh. And like, I think he's really funny. And I meant it when I'm saying how smart he is. They talk ball and like, I want to be like a guest on their pod sometimes. Like it's, there's, it's, it, they follow the game and it's him and it's Dan Soder and Sam Murill. And like, I appreciate that. And as much as the Taylor Swift stuff has brought in an audience for the NFL, like there's also this comedy world where I mentioned it. Shane Gillis is best friends with, Gabe Davis and I saw Cole Beasley was on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Like the comedy world and the NFL has always had a connection and we'll see it at NFL honors with Keegan, Michael key and all that. But like, there's also like this podcasting world where those guys love ball too. And I just think it's great. Yeah. I think I I always love, obviously when there's someone like you who knows football and has connections to the inside and like can, can speak to football in a way that I am on a, unable to like you have like this historical knowledge and these connections and it that's so important and a valuable listen and then there's this totally other way of listening <laughs> to football where it's like here are two guys who are just like joking around yeah. that maybe like they watched the game together like with a couple pbrs and they were you know, like they had been riding totally. dirt bikes earlier in the day or whatever like a totally different view of the game than what you've got which is an amazing thing to have both of those sides. I love it. Um, the Ronnie character, he nailed it, who who he described. And like, 
I don't have a face for that character. I don't like you. You don't need to know what that means. Just like you watch it, the accent is so funny, and the way Savi looks, it, it works so perfect. So I'm happy for his success. I mean, he's being humble. This guy's a mega star, and you might be like, "Well, I don't really know his name. I'm not familiar." Is that is that is he as big as Dave Chappelle or Joe Coy or Chris Rock in today's comedy world? Podcasting is where money's made. Touring is where money is made. And YouTube is where money is made. And I assure you, like, he's not stressing that he doesn't have a Comedy Central half hour or that he's on Jimmy Fallon one night. Yeah. And uh, like he said, his newest special, Fat Rascal, on Netflix now. Um, I've, everyone's Netflix homepage is different, but it's like right there on my opening splash. Yeah. So yeah. Check out, check out live from the, whatever it was called. Live yeah, from the, the, live. the YouTube how many, one. You, how many, you, I want to know how many, I said 20 million. I don't think, I don't think that's far off. What's it got? Live at the Lodge Room has 6.3 million. Yeah. So I was a little generous. Still yeah. 6.3 million people have clicked and watched a full hour of comedy. That's pretty good. Uh, quick notes before we wrap this thing. I got the the note last night from a source and it's just getting public now. 50 million Americans was the average number of that Bills versus Chiefs game eyeballs wise in a world where word cutting has killed, you know, television in a lot of ways. 50 million people and at one point in between 9:15 and 9:30, 55 million people were watching as a collective whole. Uh, the NFL is king. The NFL is king. And we'll have two great games this weekend. I don't know if it'll hit Bill's Chiefs, uh, but Lions-Niners sure brings a big audience to Fox. That game kicks off at 6.30. And of course, the early game, which I will be at, Chiefs versus Ravens. Um, Aaron, awesome pod. Loved it. We didn't even hit any of the coaching stuff that's going on right now. I have tons of insight on that. I guess we'll wait till next week to hit it. Uh, I do want to do the season with Peter Schrager delivering results presented by Uber Eats. It's time for delivering results presented by Uber Eats. I'm going to give love to Dre Greenlaw, the linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, who in the biggest game had eight tackles and two huge interceptions. Now, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart were screaming their heads off to get down, to get down, to get down. Well, he thought he was going to run that one back at the end. Uh, I so appreciate guys who stepped up in the biggest moments. And in that game for the 49ers, their two best players might have arguably been Jawan Jennings and Dre Greenlaw, who do not get much love, but have been there all season long for them. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, of course, a longtime member of that team, and he saved his best for last, which I so appreciate. So as we say that, I say this, I was delivering results presented by Uber Eats where you can get almost, almost anything. It's the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL order now. Guys, we're on a hot streak here. I'm picking every game, right? My picks, as I've already said, are going to be 49ers and the Chiefs. That's who I think is going to the Super Bowl. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not too proud to come on the next day and say I had it wrong. The truth of the matter is I predicted it in September and I'm going with it now. Niners versus Chiefs. That's how it's laid out in my head. We'll see how it goes. For Aaron Wong Kaufman, for Jason English, for all the folks on the West Coast, uh, this was the season with Peter Schrager. A nice little small podcast that, you know, does a really good number and we appreciate doing it. Hopefully you appreciate listening. Uh, we'll do another one next week. All right, guys, enjoy Championship Weekend.
The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.